based in West Hollywood, this is Level Up. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Show. My name is Nicola. And I'm Candice. And this is the podcast that focuses on optimizing life, business, and wellness. Let's talk a little bit about how are we coping with life right now? Yeah, this is like the wellness check. Um, So yeah, I wanted to share, I recently saw this graphic that was talking about like we're in this new world and things have definitely changed. Whether like I think I was so hesitant to believe the world would actually change, but I am starting to notice a lot of things. And specifically, I saw this graphic on Instagram. It was like a meme that someone shared. And it was talking about the things that the world should start normalizing. And a few of them that stuck out to me personally, where I was like, wow, I am noticing I'm doing these things are, so it was like, are you distracting yourself with movies or are you not calling people back or being as responsive as normal? And there was another one. It was like, um, I, I'll have to double check, but <laughs> maybe I should pull it up. But it was talking about things we should start normalizing in this world. And I was realizing I am doing these things. I'm a little bit less responsive. I'm noticing a little bit of anxiety. Oh, it was about the uncertainty. So just like what we're all kind of going through. And I think this is a good time to check in with how how do you find that you're handling this? That's such a good point because I feel like we often should have like a little check-ins and just like see how are we doing because sometimes I we talked about this in previous episodes just because if you are working from home or it's quarantine you can still be very busy and I find it that like now we're almost busier than ever because like you said we're also like spending a lot of time trying to distract ourselves you know so for me what I would hate to see is for people to like engage in this like time killing culture you know i think like there's still stuff you can do to be productive and like have a very um successful life and like thrive and like move forward with your life i feel like yes quarantine is pretty challenging but still you should find ways and like kind of map out um your life so you're progressing and and like you're working on something and towards something Yeah, I've definitely felt the feeling of being overwhelmed, which is so interesting because not much has really changed. I just find that I'm doing the most now. I I don't even, I hate to call it quarantine still because it's not, like we're not even technically still in a lockdown, are we? (laughs) No, not at all. Yeah, it's just a new evolved world. So for me, I've been definitely trying to spend some more time outside, um, whether it's like running on the beach or just spending any kind of time, just even enjoying the walk with my dog and kind of just trying to tune out and just not listen to music or a podcast or anything, just enjoy being outside. That definitely has been helping me. And then I've been continuing my meditation that always helps at night to try and just reduce like any kind of anxiety or overwhelming feeling for the next day. And what's so weird is I feel like I'd never felt this before. And i it's like I'm doing less but feeling more anxious. It's kind of weird. Do you find that you're feeling that? I actually 
don't don't like i don't really feel anxious like for me is like what really helps me i kind of like now like really really uh work a lot on my morning and my going to bed routine so what i think like what really helps me is like i i talked about this before and on my instagram as well like i still try to wake up pretty early you know so it's like i'm not one of those people it's like i don't sleep till like nine or like even like 8 30 like i wake up like pretty early like 7 7 30 and then i actually have time to like drink my coffee meditate like maybe journal a little bit and work out before i start my day so that really helps me i believe in structure so i think like when personally when i start my day in a very structural way it just helps me and it carries on you know so the same goes for my like a bed night routine and 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 it's anything from like my skincare to like doing my red light therapy and like just like enjoying my like maybe like 20 minutes before I go to bed like I try not to watch tv like I try not to be on my phone so that really helps me like have and also like something I started doing is I go over my calendar for tomorrow and I know this might like uh provoke uh, anxiety in somebody else mm-hmm. but it really helps me get organized because then I structure it in my head and I said like you know what like tomorrow like I-, I go over my task list and like I see if there was something I failed to do today and it just like helps me so when I wake up in the morning I already know what am I supposed to do you know so it's like I'm a planner so it really helps me like check everything on my list Yeah, you bring up a good point with the structure and routine. I feel like that definitely helps. I have been really good about not overwhelming myself with just what am I going to do for the the to-do list for the next day. I think I've gotten better at knowing my limit and just, you know, extending the time. Like if I can't do it in just a couple of days, that's fine. I'm going to extend it out a couple of days and just not being so hard on myself because I do, I'm very like, check it off the list like I like to get things done you know what me too and one of the reasons why I like to plan out my day because I feel like if I don't then I actually like virtually like somebody else is dictating my day so if I don't have like a structure and if I don't have my list let's say like five to seven things I absolutely have to do today and I just start my day and then you know it's like somebody emails you and they're like can you can we do this? I need this project. Like, let's jump on a phone. And, and, and I feel like then other people are dictating my day. But when I have structure and I know there are certain things I have to do, like I'm in control. It's just like, especially like anxiety wise, like it helps me manage my anxiety because I feel like I'm in control the whole day versus of like, if I don't have a plan and I just like randomly like respond to people's requests and emails and stuff, I feel like my day is kind of like hectic. And that actually like gives me a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I think my problem was in the past or just, you know, I say the past, but it's just like even a month ago, I was just overwhelming myself with a to-do list, which probably didn't seem too bad on paper, but I wasn't taking into account like my personal time of just, you know, even a small amount of decompressing, whether it's just watching TikTok for a little bit or reading or watching shows, I, I was, I think, overwhelming my, my 
workload and just how much I was going to get done in one day. And it's just not realistic and that's okay. But, you know what? I, I feel like for me personally, uh, I like to do like something I call like a little life inventory. So for past month, uh, I actually did a little bit of inventory of like stuff I've done this year, like it's like in business. So then, um, I was just like, kind of like, especially ever since the, the, the COVID started, I was looking at like stuff that I was working on. Cause I feel like when the COVID first started, I had so many ideas. I was just like constantly coming up with new ideas and new like uh, ways to market something and like work on something. And then of course, you know, it's like life happened and like, I wasn't really able to complete all of them. So I went back to my list and I did a little bit of inventory and it, it, it actually, it's so crazy. Like I was really like inspired and I was so driven when COVID started and I was like, this is not going to like affect me. Like I'm still going to do my thing. I'm still going to like thrive and get great results. So for me, it was really helpful to go back and like, just like remember what was its driving force. I love that. That's like such a business way of handling life. And I feel like I'm definitely going to steal that. <laughs> and it's like a good checklist of kind of what have, it's a recap, a recorded report of what you've done this year for yourself and where you're kind of at. And I, I think that's a good idea. And hopefully that helps others. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, it's like when you go like, and you look at your agenda or your schedule from like previous days and you see like how, how much stuff you checked off your list. Like for me, I love that feeling. Like I love like looking at like all the stuff that I've done and just like it gives me more motivation and I feel more accomplished, you know. So this is virtually the same thing, just maybe on a larger level. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of prioritizes what's important. And it goes back to that when you're taking inventory into account of where, and you measure the outcome. It's such a marketing thing, but you know, where did I spend too much time? Where did I actually advance? So I'm definitely going to use that. <laughs> no, for sure. And I'm looking forward to hearing like about your self review. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, if I think back, it's, it feels like such a blur, like wine, TikToks, like cooking. I'm still continuing the cooking train. I made homemade pizza. I feel like this is the only, like the thing I actually enjoy and where I do spend my personal time is trying new things. So I made homemade pizza last night from a real sourdough starter and made the no crust way. and the sauce and the, and it's just to like create something you feel so accomplished. And I, I definitely enjoy that. No, I love that. I'm like, I'm now like, just like trying to like normalize my life as much as possible. And I'm trying to do things that feel so normal. If it's like a walk, if it's like seeing a friend, like going grabbing a coffee, just like working out more. So for me, it's like, it really gives me a lot of like comfort doing things I used to do. You know, it's like going to dinner with somebody or like having somebody over for drinks. So I'm really trying like to kind of like live my life like as if like nothing happens I feel like you're really way. good about that yeah I feel like you're really good about that you maintain the balance of the social in the work and um, things you personally do enjoy and I feel like I need to work more on my social game it's like <laughs> that 
I still have that feeling like there is, you know, the pandemic and it's just like going out sometimes feels overwhelming. And I just like, I've altered definitely a lot of experiences that I would do. I still haven't gotten my nails done. Like I still haven't got my brows done. So it's just kind of altering a way of handling, I guess, normalcy, whatever that means. Uh, you know what? Like, I feel like you should respect yourself. And if you don't feel comfortable doing something, you should absolutely not do it. The same is for going to the gym. There's so many gyms that are closed right now. And I think like for us, we all have to like open our horizons and maybe like explore new creative ways to work on our fitness. And that's why I'm so excited about the episode today. And Dr. Alessandra, he is just so amazing. And I feel like people are going to find this episode so helpful and a lot of insights. And I love the whole approach, like working inside out. So without further ado. My name is Dr. Christopher Asandra. I am an anti-aging and regenerative medicine specialist and doctor here in Beverly Hills, California. Uh, I started this practice about three years ago in Beverly Hills, but I was also practicing in other parts of the country since about 2013 in the same field. Originally, I had started in emergency medicine and trauma and then did my fellowship in anti-aging and regenerative medicine uh, with the American Academy of Anti-Aging and uh, since then, I've just kind of transitioned out of the stressful ER work and kind of gone into this area because I find it just really helps and benefits uh, patients overall. And it's more of a preventative um, way of medicine, a holistic way of medicine, but also a way to restore people's vitality, uh, their, um, uh, you know, where they see body changes. They also feel better from the inside. And it also restores a lot of relationships as well, intimacy. Uh, among you know men and women that are are having issues there, so uh, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is kind of my specialty, and that's kind of where I focus at this time. Uh, but we also do a lot of sexual medicine as well for people suffering from men suffering from erectile dysfunction, or women that are suffering from the devastating effects of, of menopause or uh, other ailments that can maybe hinder their uh, their intimacy. Uh, with their partner. Uh, so it's been a great area uh, of medicine that I've just been feel really uh, blessed to be part of and just seeing the changes in my patients is really uh, just giving me more hope and confidence and more uh, you know, perseverance to, to help them and, and restore their vitality and youth and make them feel great again. Because you know, we, we see all these people getting cosmetic things done all the time. But I think there's an area of medicine where it needs to come from the inside as well to feel good about yourself. And you see body changes, uh, you know, uh, along with it, where, you know, we've restored men where they have the big gut going on is, you know, when they get older, uh, they may not feel as motivated. Uh, and then once we put them on the hormone therapy, a lot of these men change their bodies back. Uh, they lose a lot more fat around the midsection and they become more athletic looking, but they also feel more motivated. Uh, libido goes back up, motivation uh, fatigue goes away. And, and the same thing applies for, for women too that are, are suffering from these type of ailments, especially during menopause. So it's been a great area that I've been, you know, uh, you know one of the pioneers to, to kind of revolutionize, I think, this area of medicine. And while there's still some skepticism among other doctors, I think more and more doctors and even patients are turning to this area of medicine to find an alternative way uh, versus just pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals and drugs and drugs to help them feel better. Wow, you really do it all. 
<laughs> Try, um, yes. And then from that specialty that you chose, do you remember the moment or what made you choose to pursue that specifically? You know, I, there was a couple reasons. Um, I, uh, one was seeing my mom go through menopause. I'd be sitting there and talking to her at the dinner table and suddenly she'd turn red and start like sweating. And I'm like, mom, are you okay? And she was like, well, I'm having a hot flash. And I feel really warm all of a sudden. I'm like, mom, it's 62 degrees in here right now. I don't see how you're, you know, I'm, I'm freezing, but she would, she would have these hot flashes. And then um, also just being around and talking to men as well around the community. Um, they would be, they'd always ask me as a doctor and they'd always ask for two things. Can you get me Viagra and can you get me testosterone? So I thought to myself, wow, a lot of guys need this. Um, and I started seeing it in younger and younger patients where people were, you know, asking and requesting these type of, of, of medications to help restore their, you know, sexual prowess and, and, and vitality. And I'm like, huh, this, this seems to be a great area of medicine that I think not enough doctors pay attention to and they get blown off or maybe too embarrassed to go to their doctors and ask for these type of things. So that was, those were kind of the, the initiating moments seeing my mom go through it and my other family members, but then also, you know, talking around the community and seeing it among, among a lot of men too, uh, you know, suffering from these ailments. No, I absolutely love that. And I wanted to say is like, I love the whole scientific approach. Because for me is like, I'm that generation, like, I really want to like reverse aging, and I want to like capitalize as much as I can from all the resources that I have. And one of the reasons why I'm so like was so excited about this episode, because now like, I think I mentioned it to you before the episode, like, we can't go to gyms, you know? Right. So uh, I was like thinking and I was like, you know what, like maybe there is a different way. Now is a really time for us to like maybe supplement our nutrition and also like look into some um, anti-aging and, you know, hormone replacement as well as if it can help us with our fitness. And I, I've been following you on Instagram for a while and I recommend everyone to go and follow. And actually I was referred to because my office is really close to your office. So okay. I met somebody that was telling me about you. So I was like, oh my God, I have to like follow his Instagram and see what is it all about. So I love the whole scientific approach. And I think like there's more for us to do before like giving up and that's why i'm so like i think we're so fortunate that we're living at this time and we belong to this generation when we really do have resources so yes. um i was thinking about somebody uh, something uh, i'm sure like not everyone are a good fit for like hormone replacement or like su supplementing so what would be ideal a patient for you well, first and foremost, I think they, it's, it's almost self-education and recognizing and also putting the, the pride and ego aside to admit that we ha may have an issue. You know, men may first start Absolutely. Notice, right? They may notice they have some erectile dysfunction or, gosh, I work out every day, even though it's hard to right now, but I'm not getting the results that I used to. I'm, I, I train three or four days a week and my body is just getting worse or a plateaued and I still feel fatigued and my diet's on point. So that's why it's important to, you know, 
you know, come to terms with yourself first, but and then um, come to go to a specialist and then do some blood work to see where your hormones are at for men and women. And it's very important that we follow it scientifically, like you said, and monitor your levels throughout the treatment course, as we don't want, we're not here to make bodybuilders or get somebody uh, too high, but just enough to optimize them so they feel the best without experiencing the side effects. Now, the ideal candidate really is someone who, uh, you know, is suffering from these type of conditions, the fatigue, the low sex drive, muscle loss, you know, brain fog, uh, women with hot flashes and dryness, uh, sexually, you know, they're, they're not able to perform, um, but, and mood changes. Uh, these are signs and symptoms that really, you know, patients should really look out for and come to terms with themselves. And when they go to their doctor, usually they're just put on antidepressants, which only worsens the symptoms sometimes versus, you know, checking their hormone levels and saying, oh, geez, your testosterone and your estrogen are low or your thyroid. Why don't we just replace that and get it back to normal levels versus putting you on an antidepressant and mood stabilizers and, and things to help you sleep. So, it's about recognizing the, the problem and the issues first and foremost, and then you know, supplementing it safely and monitored by a medical professional and, and medical uh, care provider that follows you along the whole way. No, I like that. And especially because there's so many people that they're just ordering stuff from like Amazon or like God knows where, and they're supplementing themselves. Right. So I'm always the type like, that's why like I would always recommend everyone to go to you and like actually have um, somebody this is like literally like you know what you're talking about so if you are injecting anything or consuming any hormones like you should not do it on your own this is not something like you can order on Amazon so I like and I don't know if that happens like if you come across a lot of people that dabbled into it themselves maybe all the time yeah, it's I so mean, crazy. Like I work out a lot and like a lot of times, like I meet guys at the gym and like we're talking fitness. So it's so easy. People just like give you this tips and they're like, oh, I bought this in Mexico or like I have a guy that like sells me this or this is from Brazil. And they're so casual about like that, like intake, which is so crazy to me. Oh gosh, you bring up a great point. I mean, that's what I see a lot of with these patients is I ask them, are you on hormones? Yeah, I, I inject myself. I'm like, where did you get it from? Well, some guy at the gym gave it to me. I'm like, you don't know what you're injecting yourself with and how much because they kind of do like a, a thing where they just say inject this much a week if you want to look good. And I'm like, oh, and I check their blood work and it's off the charts and their estrogens through the roof. They're moody. They're, they're suppressing their own natural production, et cetera. It's very important that you do this under medical care and medical supervision versus doing it, trying to, um, you know, dose yourself from, from someone who's making this in their basement. That really scares me. And especially if they're getting their, their products from other countries as well, you know, and, and you make, you make a really good point not to, not it's to almost self-administer like, this. It's almost like those people that go to like Botox parties and then yes. they just get like all this like Botox and fillers and they bring them from like God knows where. Oh, but gosh. for me, right. also, I wanted to talk for a second, like, is there, there is a lot of hormones in food. So is there any like food recommendation you would give to our listeners? Yes. You know, I always say I try to buy organic and ferment and, and even some women to avoid soy products. I know there's this whole soy craze and everything right now, but the soy products can increase estrogen in men and make them 
more feminine, if you will, in, in, in a bad way, like body changes, etc. And like people get like man boobs and stuff. Correct. Like I, I know I heard it so long ago. I like stay away from any soy products. <laughs> yes. Soy, we call them, uh, yeah, that and xenoestrogens, which are like chemicalized estrogens that we see in BPA products, you know, the plastics, etc. That's why I always suggest, you know, even when you drink water, when you get it from somewhere, try to see if it's in a glass or in a in paper, it's probably better than, unless it's BPA free, you know, be careful of the water you're drinking as well these days, because there's a lot of xenoestrogens that we find in that in foods. And it's really hard to say now because who knows what's in our food with everything, all the additives that they put in. So really try to focus on organic, avoid soy. Um, and, and, you know, even inquire with, with uh, some of these restaurants you may order from, or, you know, look on the labels closely to see how these foods are, are made and processed. You know, it's very important that you look at this. No, Those I are totally really good agree. tips. Yeah. Um, and especially, go, go ahead. Nicole. Go ahead. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned your patients are both women and men, but do your patients range? Do you find that they range in age or background as well? Hundred percent. Yeah, we we're starting. You know, it's funny you say that because when they started testing men for testosterone levels, now versus thirty, forty years ago, we're seeing that testosterone levels are actually lower in men now than they were thirty or forty years ago. It, you know, what is this? Is it stress? Is it the foods we eat? Is it are we just unhealthier now? It's kind of hard to say, but I see all age ranges now, and I'm starting to see even guys in their 30s that are having low testosterone, uh, women that are suffering from a lot of these symptoms as well. But I would say the average is probably 40 plus, with the majority of people being in their you know late 40s to 50s when they really start noticing that their hormones have declined or just completely been wiped out. Those are the people that probably that I'm seeing it more so. I don't like to put people in their 20s on hormone replacement therapy because unless they have a medical condition that warrants it because you don't want to suppress their natural production when they're still that young. Like a lot of guys coming in and saying, hey, let's put me on testosterone, this, and they're in their 20s. I'm like, no, let's not do that yet. We got to keep you safe. You may still, you know, you, you still are producing a lot of, of testosterone. There's no reason to get you on extra at this point. So yeah, I'm seeing it in younger men now in their thirties um, for some reason, you know, erectile dysfunction in men and um, low testosterone levels in men. But for most part, the women are in their late forties to fifties, I would say. That's exactly what I wanted to ask. Like what would be like the age when we should start looking into this? So thank you for answering that. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about fitness. So I love the, like everyone knows like I'm really into fitness and looking great so I would just want to touch base and talk a little bit more like how can like what you're doing really complement and help people reach those levels that maybe they weren't able to reach before very good question and and I think you said the right word is complement and, and it needs to work synergistically I tell people once we put you on the hormones you can't just sit at home and eat cheeseburgers on your couch all day this is something you need to utilize and take advantage of um, because if you do you'll notice your metabolism speeds up your body changes happen at an accelerated rate versus someone not on hormones or you know if, if you're lacking the hormones you may kind of like I referred to earlier you may be lacking the hormones and not seeing those body changes that you you, you should be um, but 
it's very important to, to exercise while you're on hormones and circulate the hormones that are in your body now, you know, uh, get them moving around because if you, like I said, if you just sit at home and don't utilize them, it's not that you'll get worse, but you're kind of just, you're not taking advantage of the extra uh, advantages that you have with the hormone therapy. So very important to do that. Very important to keep active and eat right and sleep, get plenty of sleep with this. Um, but, you know, and, and part of it is a lot of times, you know, men and women don't have the motivation to go to the gym or workout because their hormone levels are low. So I tell people, once we restore those levels in you and you start feeling motivated again, it's time to get your butt up and start working out and become active again. That's really interesting um, that it would be, that would go together. I guess I wouldn't have thought of that, but yeah. that makes sense. Um, so you're, you're originally from Kansas City and went to school in Chicago and um, now are in Beverly Hills. Do you yeah. see a difference in candidates' preferences? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. I, yeah, I grew up in Kansas City and I don't think as many people there into the, or in the Midwest in general. Um, are into fitness as much as the people here in LA. I think people in LA are a little more into their fitness, health, and looks overall. If it may be vanity, you know, but uh, I do see that a little bit more here. I think um, people are a little more open to it here as well, and and kind of um, open-minded to to these type of treatments. Um, in the Midwest, I see you know a different dietary. Um, uh, you know, it's also weather-wise. I mean, people hybrid, sometimes in the Midwest, it's cold for, you know, six to nine months of the year. So people kind of hibernate and they increase their alcohol consumption, et cetera. Whereas here, we kind of have the advantage of having nice weather year round. So we can go outside and be a little more active. But yeah, I do see a difference in some ways there. But I think it's starting to catch on more now and, and become more accepting overall nationally uh, with, with the hormone replacement there because there was such a bad stigma on it before. Uh, because everybody thought, oh, it's steroids, steroids, steroids. But no, it's not. It's only when that's like when you abuse it. But if it's done correctly, if it's done, you know, under medical supervision, there's a big difference between, you know, underground abuse and doing it, doing it correctly. I wanted to ask you something. So let's say there's a listener from Ohio. And unfortunately, she don't have an access to you. And she cannot come to your office. So what would you tell people how to choose the right doctor? And what would be mm. some of the questions to ask when going for a consultation, how right. to scan them, how to make sure that whoever's working with you is actually truly like good for you and qualified. Very good question. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I think, you know, Google can be your friend and look for anti-aging doctors or, or here's the keyword bioidentical hormone replacement therapy doctor. That's going to be very, uh, one of the keywords that you can look for around your area. Now I do treat patients in other States, depending on the state, if I'm licensed there and I visit there, I can do that as well. Um, so they can always inquire with me first. However, if not, then it's important that you find somebody there that, you know, does this type of is experienced, but has years of doing it. Maybe someone I prefer that is, board certified in anti-aging and regenerative medicine by uh, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. That would definitely help. Uh, but, you know, finding someone who's experienced and, and ask around because most likely a lot of these ladies and men uh, have, just asking around, you could probably find somebody who is, who has this, a type of doctor like that, who treats this um, and, you know, and probably can provide references for that. So, uh, you know, finding the right doctor is key because a lot of times you, they can be overdosed or they underdosed and they may not know what they're doing. 
personally, I like to use with women, I prefer pellet therapy where we insert a pellet under the skin of hormones that last about three to four months. They get a consistent physiologic release. And I do it for a lot of men too, depending on their activity level. But pellet, bioidentical pellet therapy is kind of the newer way of hormone replacement therapy. Great. Well, that's a great news. So all of our listeners that unfortunately don't live in California, you can still look <laughs> up Dr. Chris on Instagram at Asandra MD and inquire more. Absolutely. Happy to help anybody that needs a, needs a reference or if I can help them more, I'd be, I'd be happy to do that. And that's actually huge because a lot of times like you come across like people, somebody referred you to somebody and they don't practice in your area or that's not actually like their specialty. And people are very stingy when it comes to like recommendations. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like when people are open and like trying to connect people because, you know, unfortunately, like there's we cannot reach everyone. Right, right. And it's, it's difficult. So I mean, it's funny that you say that because a lot of times, you know, a lot of people I treat are very pr- private about it and don't want to share that they're getting treatment for it. I don't know why. Maybe they feel they're at an advantage or sometimes over others. But, um, you know, a lot of times women are, I think, more open than men about it. You know, they talk amongst themselves if they go through the symptoms of menopause or when they go through menopause. Uh, men are a little more stoic, I think, and prideful that we don't want to admit that we, we have an issue if there's erectile dysfunction or less sexual vitality and all that. So it could be, you know, with men, it's a little bit, it can be a little bit, um, you know, they're a little cautious about, about revealing that. But women, I think, are a little more open about it. Yeah, it definitely, there's a lot of shame, I think, involved with um, men and them dealing with it. And I think they have a harder time, at least from what I hear. Um, (laughs) uh, So I love to ask this question. What are the latest trends that you see and what do you predict for future trends? You know, I think right now um, it's about educating the public about hormone replacement therapy and making sure that they know it can be safe. Um, I still think the pellets are the future right now. Um, we we, We do the testosterone estrogen replacement therapy for women with progesterone. Um, I think, I think what we're doing right now is the future. It's just a matter of getting the people to accept it and be more uh, understanding of it and educating the public about it, that, um, that there is a different type of therapy out there that a lot of doctors don't understand yet. The other thing I think is going to be the future are peptides and peptides are uh, similar to growth hormone therapy where uh, it's not actual growth hormone, but you're injecting yourself or taking a pill of something that stimulates your body to produce growth hormone or heal the body faster, kind of tricks the body into doing that by you know, telling the brain to release more or the cells and the liver to release more growth hormone. And it's a lot safer form of, of hormone replacement, or excuse me, of growth hormone therapy. So these are really cool things that are coming online right now. And I think more and more people are starting to research it when they, when they look into anti-aging. Um, and I'm starting to see a lot more people who do plastic surgery and, and all these other type of things kind of go this route uh, to see if they can change the body from the inside and start working out again and get you know, the looks that they want. And, and they, again, it works synergistically, I think, with, with you know, surgery sometimes because they heal faster, et cetera. So those are kind of the tricks of the trade. Uh, and unfortunately, it's been usually res- not reserved, but more the, I would say, people of higher socioeconomic status or the elite, if you will, 
have, have kind of known about this for a while, but I think it's becoming more mainstream now and more affordable in general for, for the general public. Great. And then you mentioned your treatment helps to avoid um, antidepressants to make it more holistic. What are some other methods that you uh, do to try and keep it in that realm of holistic? Right. So, you know, I try to coach, I, well, one, I try to set the example for my patients and, and take care of myself so that when they see me that they they can say that, you know, he practices what he preaches. I, I think, you know, the, the hormones do help with anti, you know, with depression a lot of times, postpartum depression, even uh, you can go on hormone replacement therapy after that. And it helps you keep you out of the, the, the dark cloud of that. Um, and people who get older, go through menopause, you may be more irritable and have depression. The hormone replacement therapy helps that. But, but also along with that, you really need to start looking at your diet, eating right and sleeping right. And I know it sounds very cliche, but it, it's so important that you, you, mo you motivate yourself with the hormones or get motivated from it and start exercising and get moving. As we know, it releases endorphins. You feel better. You start, uh, you start uh, having less anxiety and irritability. Um, so these are, these are important things that you, you've got to do overall along with the hormone replacement therapy to, to kind of help heal your mind and heal your body. So it, it's a cliche, I know, but it's, it's really the best method of, of treating any type of, uh, you know, at least getting started with depression and, or if you feel uh, anxious or irritable. So really important that we focus on not just the hormone replacement. Now it can, the hormones can help jumpstart you. But it's important you take that advantage from it to to kind of get yourself moving and, and going again. No, absolutely, and I love the whole educational factor because I really believe like educated consumer is the right consumer because they will know and like they would be prepared and respond better. But I wanted to ask you: Do you find it now that like? people are talking about it more maybe because of Instagram and what I thought it was really funny like I was talking about when I was getting ready for the episode with one of my friends and he was saying like oh my god yeah that's like a new thing I just heard about it like about like hormone replacement and I was like I'm pretty sure it's not new it just seems very new to us because now we actually get to see it on Instagram and it's you know it's not behind a closed door anymore absolutely social media has really helped revolutionize now promoting it through social media is, is a big question of how do we do that uh, more effectively and more um, to, to gain, you know, because when you see plastic surgery, you see before and afters, you see physical changes that you can see on Instagram. So people are always looking at that, but you're right. It's, it's kind of cool to see, you know, and I, I try to post sometimes before and afters of people having the body changes purely from, purely from the hormone replacement therapy. But yes, I think social media is key to to help promoting um and under help like you said help educate the consumer and the, and the patient to understand it's safe that it's okay that people are doing it now because there's always been like i said before that stigma and that somewhat um that cautious uh, mentality of you know oh gosh is it going to cause cancer is it going to make me hairy is it going to like make me turn into a man no well too it's, it's about balance and about doing it correctly and monitoring it so I really, you know, I'm always trying to explore different ways to educate the public. It's just hard because it's not necessarily a visual change that you see like you would uh, with, with surgeries, et cetera. But, um, but it's more of an overall well-being that you're going to have from this. And, and you will see the body changes eventually with it. 
And that's why when it comes to social media, I love the educational factor because in that like maybe one minute, you really learn something. And once you explain people like this is what we actually do and this is how like your body is going to change and like these, this is the results and maybe some testimonials, you really like start like following it with more like knowledge and i think like that's when you actually get to like learn more and like position yourself better and like even if you are willing to like explore the whole territory of like hormone replacement like you will know better i personally love to educate myself especially before trying like doubling in in, into certain field so for me it's like i love it i think like this is like the perfect like this is going to be i don't want to say like the next best thing but like i feel like we're going to have more and more conversations about this because now it's like more and more people are realizing there's so much we can do and i love how you said like sometimes people like run to plastic surgeons like and they think like that's the fountain of use when i actually think like it's how you feel like the energy like your sleep so it's like even if you like go and get like a facelift and you, you cannot move and you don't have enough energy like it's it's not it's not going to be worth it 100% even liposuction i tell guys you know hold off let's see if we can get you in sh- let's start let's start exercising you know, let's get your hormones balanced and optimized and uh, or even women too and then let's start exercising and not only will you you know look better you're going to feel better too um and i think people just want a quick fix these days versus putting in sometimes the hard work but the hard work will benefit you in the long run but you know it's so funny even if you get a liposuction that's not really a quick fix because it's like a like the downtime is very like long and you're swell. I mean, not, I never got a liposuction, but like, I know a lot of people that did. So it's like, everyone always say like, honestly, it's like a lot of work. It's a lifestyle change for sure. Definitely. Definitely. And that's why I think it's important that, uh, you know, you can do both even if you really need to. And, um, you know, but, uh, I always tell people and, you know, let's, let's give it a shot first. Let's see what you can do. Um, and see how you can feel. Uh, first before you go under the knife etc and if you know let's give it a year if you don't if maybe if you need it later we can do it later but I think there's other ways to to treat you holistically and kind of from the inside first because you know like you said if you may look better after the procedure but you may not feel better no absolutely and I'm all about like I always talk about this on the show like I'm all about like when I wake up like I want to have enough energy so I can like work out like we're all so busy and I find it like when I'm in a great shape like everything just floats like you can have like 20 meetings a day you can probably see like so many patients and still like have enough stamina to go and like maybe go out or like work out after work. So I think like it all boils down to like how you feel. Yes. Yes. And then, and I do see that a lot too with men. They tell me, Oh, by two, you know, 2 PM, 5 PM after work, I crash. Um, women too. Uh, but once I get the, and they don't feel like working out after work, but once I do optimize their hormones, they do feel like it. They have more energy and, and feel more motivated. And by the end of the night, they also sleep better as well. That's really interesting. I I would see like the sleep aspect, but uh, Nicola, did you have a question? No, I wanted to say, I was like, as doctor was talking about like um, people needing it for like specific reasons. I was thinking like, it's so like a lot of people now get children 
later in life. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's also like one of the driving forces where somebody should go and like maybe like check their hormones and stuff because if you have like a two-year-old and you're not having enough energy to keep up like this might be something like you can look into oh yeah it's funny you say that i had i had a patients several patients that are in their 50s and have kids that are six seven years old and want to you know still play baseball and run around outside <laughs> it's hard for them to keep up um and i think people want to be able to keep up and stay young and, and be able to do that now so very good point you bring up there and then I have a very uh, serious question to ask. Um, what kind of dog is Toby? <laughs> He's Toby, so cute. Toby is the sweetest and laziest dog you'll ever meet. He is a rescue. I think he's Basset Hound, Corgi, and Beagle. Um, oh. what, I, what I do know is he doesn't like to run or exercise. And I force him to. <laughs> he needs and, hormone uh, therapy. If he was <laughs> a human, he would be your perfect candidate. He, you know, yeah. it's, I will post a picture today of his before and after when I started changing his food and started exercising him more. He was a little tubby before, but he's actually lost some weight. So it's hard to, and you're right, me because they neuter him so young, they don't have the hormones to, to want yeah. to, you know, to get out and, and, and run and all that. But he's got these short little legs too. It's probably hard for him. <laughs> I have a dachshund, so Definitely. I know how, and he's Aww. also a rescue. So I love the adoption. Yeah. But yes, how old important. are you thinking Toby is? He's definitely eight. So I got him when eight. he was just, okay. you know, about eight weeks old and they had neutered Aww. him right away. So I didn't know he's going to be this big. He was only six pounds when I got him and he grew up to be almost 50 pounds now. So, wow. But That's yeah, big for I, the, yeah. yeah, he's a big, he's a <laughs> dense boy, I should say. And a long a dog. Dense. He's so cute. Um, yeah, my dog wasn't neutered till he was seven. I got him oh, when wow. he was seven. Yeah, Interesting. poor guy. His name's yeah. Tom Ford. Oh, <laughs> little dog <Tom> Ford. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, sorry to interrupt. I had That's to know. Okay. Yeah, but, I was like, um, I have nothing to say. I have two cats, and one of them is struggling with also like um, gain a lot of weight. So I understand the struggle. Oh, I'm sure it happens not just for humans, but for, for animals as well. For good point, no, literally, my, my cat gained like seven pounds and my vet was like, this is a lot for a human, not just for like a cat. <laughs> so, wow. But Salem definitely has a mind of his own. <laughs> oh, literally, no one can control that cat. Like he's, I swear to God, like it's not even okay. Oh, they're very independent, I know. (laughs) But also, so we ask all of our guests, and we wanted to ask you this, if you could give a tip to help with your with a listener's mind, body, or soul, what would be the tip that you would share? Mm, Good question. You know, I, I think it's like I said earlier, listening to your body and admitting to yourself when you may need help. Listen to those around you when they tell you that, you know, you're, you're not the same way you used to be and, um, and not having the pride or ego to seek help for it because sometimes it sneaks us up on us very, uh, you know, sinisterly and, and, and we don't realize over time, you know, we slowly decline every year with our hormones. But it's important to listen to your body and see what's going on. And if, for example, if a woman has vaginal dryness and intimacy issues, you know, it can be fixed. If man has erectile dysfunction and he's feeling fatigued and and gaining weight, it can be fixed. You know, I'll do my part. I always say I can lead the horse to the water, but I can't make you drink it. But I need people to do their part as well and to listen to their body and, and, and understand that you do need to make those lifestyle changes because, you know, especially during quarantine, we got so... 
I saw people just gain weight like crazy. We got less motivated. Um, you know, there's, you've got to get yourself out of that, that dark, dark spot and start really motivating yourself again and, and let someone like me help you and, and not be so prideful and, and you know, to, to admit that there is an issue going on with yourself. No, I absolutely agree. And I think like it's, it's such a power to recognize you need help yes. and seek help. And um, there's a lot of taboo, but I hope like with having conversations like we just had, like it will just like bring it closer to people and they will feel more free to go in and like ask questions and get consultations and actually like on the end of the day, get the help they need because we all want to like feel better, look better. And it kind of like, we're all in this together. hundred percent. And you definitely show that there's options and people aren't alone that have these issues. And I think that would definitely help for the listeners as well. Very no, absolutely. Because I think like sometimes when people are experiencing certain problems, especially if they're so intimate, they usually think like, oh, I'm probably the only person like this is so embarrassing. Like, you know, it's like I can't share this with anyone because it's like there's something wrong with me. But it's very common, like you said. So I would say almost everybody may experience at some point. Um, it's a majority of people experience it. So so don't be afraid to seek help. And and, uh, you know, and ask those around you, am I different? Am I acting different? Have you noticed a change in me? Because sometimes we may not notice, but other people around us do. Thank you for listening to The Level Up Show. Please subscribe and review. We're on Spotify and iTunes. And also follow us on Instagram at The Level Up Show.